Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Yes, good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you are. Welcome to Wednesday night. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, for another edition of the Daily Boogie. It's me. Hope you're doing well. So much to get through. But first, we're going to talk about promises. Promises kept and promises not kept. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I'm Boogie Bumper, your host. Hopefully for the next couple of hours or so, we'll see how we go if I don't get struck down by a mystery illness first. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing the show out. If you did, if you didn't, well, I guess that's okay. You can stick around too. I suppose you can hang around if you didn't share the show out. That's all right. You can be a freeloader. Oh, straight off the bat. Thank you, KB, for the diamond. Thank you so much. Yep. So much to get through. As I said yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, I would do my utmost. I would do my absolute best to ensure that today's show would break from the rest of the internet and be coronavirus free. I did my best. We're about (laughs) 50-50. Sorry. The, The next few months, I have a suspicion that the next few months are going to be trying times for, you know, pseudo political media analyst type content creators like myself. So... You know, we're doing the best we can. But I do have to address some things that we spoke about yesterday because things have accelerated. UK Tracy, thank you so much for the diamond. She asks, why do you guys have such long-assed intros? Well, I I could tell you it's one of the tricks of the trade, you see. If you have a long intro, um, it gives people a chance to get in and share the show out and... It gives people a lot of time because people are often watching something else and they might be in the middle of something and they see an alert pop up. They know that they've got plenty of time to get to the stream, you see. Thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then by all means, please go to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me about any promises that you have failed to keep, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. If you'd like to leave a tip for tonight, then the preferred method is, of course, dlive.tv slash boogie bumper. Grab yourself some of those slippery little lemons. UK Neil, thank you so much for the diamond. Stockpile done coffee and cigs. Well done. The important stuff. <laughs> Follow UK Neil on DLive, by the way. DLive.tv slash UK Neil. Got to get that coffee and cigs, mate. Amazingly, down here, the cigarettes are plentiful. 
I was asking uh, the guy who runs my local supermarket, and he said, no, that's he thought that was the first thing that was going to go, but there's plenty of cigarettes. Everyone's ignoring the cigarettes and going for the toilet paper instead. So I cruise on down, grab my ciggies. I don't smoke that much, maybe like two or three a day at the most. So I'm, I'm right for cigs. No problem there. Thank you so much for joining us. Like I said, so much to get through and so little time. Uh, the way that we're going to do it tonight, I, I like I said, it's not all going to be coronavirus and I've got some really fun non-coronavirus related stuff loaded up, but we're going to keep that in the tank for the second half of the show. The second half of the show. We'll open with the coronavirus stuff that i got and there's some fun coronavirus stuff in there as well. So don't think just because... You know, people's lungs are filling up with um, greyish glue-like liquid and suffocating them to death from the inside that we can't have a laugh about it. I mean, we're not robots here, right? <laughs> Just think because the world economy is about to crash for the second time in 10 years and we're about to experience a depression-level event with a civilization that is wholly unprepared to deal with it and ill-equipped to deal with it. Don't think just because of that that we can't have a little fun. Don't think that we can't have a little fun around here. Because <laughs> we're going to laugh at people. Fuck them. <laughs> Joanne G with the diamond. Thank you so much. I got my Amazon toilet tissue order today. Well done. Uh, that Amazon toilet tissue, that didn't come from China though, did it? Oh dear. Well, press F in the chat for Joanne who uh, won't be with us. She's not going to be on this earth for much longer. Joanne was a loyal listener, a faithful listener to the show. She was here almost every episode. We enjoyed her company. She was much loved by the community. But unfortunately, she has fallen afoul of the coronavirus. She ordered in in her haste to make sure that her butt wiping practices would be taken care of. She ordered in her haste Amazon toilet tissue. And of course, as we all know, the bulk of that stuff coming directly from China. She wasn't long for this world. I'll see you in hell. Thank you for joining us. Yukimo yummy. Very yummy. Like I said, so much to get through. Non-coronavirus related stuff at the end. Yes, but we have to move on. Joanne, Joanne has left us now, but we have to move on. We have to get on with life. So, so, so sad to see you go, Joanne. <laughs> but we're going to open the show with a little bit of follow-up from yesterday. Uh, as you know, yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, I spoke about some information that I had been given that in the next 36 hours or so, Australia would be in complete lockdown. Um, I did preface that by saying, look, I don't like doing this kind of thing. I don't like doing breaking news because you never really know how accurate it is when you get it. UK Ring Tracy, thank you for the diamond. Get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, Gubby. UK, uh, UK Tracy says, I need pasta sauce for my 50 packets of pasta help. You should have thought about that when you bought the pasta. Don't worry, we're going to deal with panic buying this morning. I've got lots to say on panic buying. Many, many a politician to direct my ire towards. So I did preface it by saying, look, I don't really like doing breaking news, but there was enough evidence out there to suggest in other industries in Australia that... It seemed probable. Um, what it looks like to me now is it's probably going to happen, but it's going to happen in stages. So rather than a complete lockdown on the same day, they're just going to slowly start locking down different parts of the economy. Maybe not even that slowly, maybe over the next couple of days. 
but we did have some movement late last night. The MSM started reporting in Australia what we were talking about on this show for the last couple of weeks. So let me bring you this. Uh, this came out last night, ladies and gentlemen, about 9.30 local time, when a lot of people have put the kids to bed and they're watching some other shit on TV. Uh, this report came out. Let's start with Lizzie Pearl in Sydney. Lizzie, there are dramatic new restrictions on how many people can be in one room at one time. There are, Pete, no more than 100 people in any venue at any time. The uh, Prime Minister saying that any gatherings deemed non-essential cannot go ahead. That, of course, now applies to having dinner with your friends at a restaurant, meeting with some mates in a pub, and, of course, applies also to our leagues clubs, our RSLs, casinos, bars, hotel bars, restaurants, cafes, anything. So pretty much every place in society where people go to unwind, to meet friends, to relax, to to drink away the, the pain of the day, to avoid going home to their families, what, whatever that is, whatever your reason for uh, patronising any of these particular establishments, all of the, all of the possible options now are deemed non-essential. <laughs> and therefore, therefore banned <laughs> and again i'm not surprised um we you know this same thing is happening to you guys in the united states by the way thank you for coming i'll see you in hell this same thing is happening to you guys in the united states um and i remember because it happens so frequently when things happen in australia and happen in the uk i often get a lot of cheerful you know subdued glee from my American audience who kind of snicker and say, that's because you don't have a bill of rights. That's because you don't have a constitution. And I'm like, well, hang on. They're banning a hundred people in one place at one time in this country. They're banning a hundred people in one place at one time in your country. What the hell is different here? See you now. Thank you for joining us. It'll never happen here. <laughs> Let's carry on. Over 100. Well, it's simply not allowed to go ahead. Not allowed. Simply not allowed. But I had dinner reservations. Too bad. The government is protecting you. Well, I guess I better go down to the store and buy some pasta then. Oh, no. It's all gone. <laughs> Thank you for the diamond, Gubby. Thank you for joining us. Very generous of you. But I, I wanted to go to the Italian restaurant and have some ravioli. Fine, I guess I'll just cook it myself. What? There's no ravioli left. What the hell is going on here? Well, at least tomorrow the kids will be off at school. What? They're sending the kids home from school? Oh, God. Well, thank God. At least at 9 o'clock tomorrow I can get out of this hellhole with no food and the children running around and go to work. What? They're shutting down work? Well, I guess I'll just go for a drive. All essential, all essential travel has been banned. <laughs> oh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Uh, for the foreseeable future. Of course, many of yeah. our clubs can hold more than a 1,000 people. Yes, so that will be have big ramifications yes, for them. One thing is certain, though, less customers mean less staff. And I've spoken to a number of... There's the rub. There's the rub. And this is what we have been saying since this whole coronavirus thing started. Don't talk to me about flu statistics. It's irrelevant. Talk to me. I want. I don't want to turn on Fox News 
and see talking here. And don't worry, I've got a couple of swords to swing at Fox News later in the show too. You're going to you're going to enjoy that. You're going to love it. Not just Fox News, the whole the whole media for different reasons. But I don't want to turn on Fox News and hear statistics about how the flu over a year killed more people than coronavirus did in six weeks. That's completely irrelevant. It's disingenuous. I don't care. How about telling me how many people work um, low-paid blue-collar jobs on a casual basis? Can, can I hear those numbers, perhaps? No, we wouldn't want to tell you those numbers because that relates to the economy. And we want you to think that everything in the economy is just going just perfectly fine. How about tell me how much debt the average person is in, in regards to mortgages, credit cards, that kind of thing. Because when those people get sent home from work because the government is shutting down their workplace effectively by banning more than 100 people being in one place at one time, that's going to have a very dramatic effect on the economy very, very, very quickly. Far more dramatic and far more quickly than the flu statistics will, right? Can I hear about those statistics? No. No, instead you turn on Fox News and you have Sean Hannity going, the demon rats! <laughs> the demon rats have cooked this all up! It's like, okay. We'll be right back after these messages. Does your penis burn when you urinate? Perhaps you have a urinary tract infection. Here at Bayer, we've got just the medication for you. Don't fall asleep yet. <laughs> Please, order some more medicine. That's pretty much what you get on Fox News. Venues today, they've already told staff that they won't be needing them for the rest of the week. So it is inevitable that more job losses are on their way, Pete. And Lizzie, these non-essential gatherings stretch far and wide. <laughs> they you know, do, Pete. You know, more annoying than this, maybe on this one occasion, uh, I'm sure she's lovely, lovely, the lovely Lizzie here who's doing this live cross from a pub or an RSL club or wherever she is. This may be on the one this may be one of those occasions where it would be wise to not do the regular reporter thing and smile. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of tact here would be in order. You know, it's a bit it's a bit disconcerting when you're when you're talking about all of these people losing their livelihood, potentially going broke, maybe not being able to afford the rent, getting kicked out on the street, can't afford to feed the kids, can't go to work, can't leave the house. All of these associated problems. And you're standing there with a big smile on your face. Yes, Pete. <laughs> yes, Pete. It really is terrible. You know, so many people are going to starve to death. It's awful. Hey. <laughs> Maybe one of those times to be a little bit more solemn, a little bit more circumspect, perhaps. I mean, I'm no expert. She still has a job. Exactly. Ricky in the chat. She's Ring relieved. the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, Tracy. The list is endless when you start to think about it. Yeah, Already it brides are cancelling weddings. Brides are cancelling weddings. And and potential groomsmen around the country are breathing a collective sigh of relief. <laughs> so graduations have been called off. Good. Birthdays cancelled. Birthday. Birthdays cancelled. Come on, who has 100 people show up to a birthday party? I wouldn't want 100 people at my birthday party. God, I don't even like any of you. Get the hell out of my house. And, of course, funerals, because any gathering of more than 100 people now is <laughs> simply banned. This will... <laughs> funerals! <laughs> I'm sorry. The reason I find that funny is because... 
imagine, imagine this for a moment, if you would. Imagine this scenario. We know that Nana, sweet old Nana, is more susceptible to death by Corona Chan than the grandson is, okay? Simply banned. We're banning funerals. <laughs> so we also know that people can be asymptomatic when it comes to coronavirus, meaning that they have the infection, but they don't display any symptoms and they can still pass that infection on for, some people are saying, up to 25 days now. So you can have coronavirus, but you don't know it because you don't have any symptoms, but you can pass it on to somebody who then falls victim to the virus that you have. So you're a young, um, handsome, you know, you're a young, handsome, fit and firing 28-year-old man. Thank, Thank you for coming. I'll see, see you in hell. You're a young, handsome, fit and firing 25-year-old man, a good-looking young rooster. And you decide from out of from your heart of hearts that it's time Ring to give Nana a little visit. Cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, Winning TV. Follow Winning TV on DLive, by the way. DLive.tv slash Winning TV. Our good friend Phil D'Angelo. So you decide that you're going to do the right thing. You're going to visit Nana in the little old folks' home because you love your Nana and you, you want to reassure her that this coronavirus thing is just all a big scam. It's nothing to worry about. You, unawares, you, unbeknownst to yourself, you are carrying the coronavirus. You go and visit little old Nana to put her mind at ease. You feed her her, you know, her apple sauce. <laughs> you roll her a couple of cigarettes. You pour her a sneaky glass of port under the table. You give her a nice kiss on the cheek and then you leave. Two weeks later, Nana starts coughing. Nana starts coughing. She's got a bit of the dry lung. Next thing you know, she's in ICU. Next thing you know, she's dead as a post. So you kill Nana. You kill her because you passed on the coronavirus to her and now you're not allowed to attend her funeral <laughs> because we wouldn't want you to infect anybody. <laughs> oh, what a terrible, cruel twist of fate. It was all a hoax, I tells you. I was set up, I tells you. Ah, oh, Corona-chan, she is, she is a devious, wicked woman, isn't she? Speaking of job losses, this came out, what, just minutes ago, minutes before I went live, and I thought, well, I absolutely must bring it to you. We spoke yesterday about governments, ladies and gentlemen, not just in Australia, but also in the United States, handing over billions and billions and billions of dollars of your money to give to the aviation industry, another thing that you won't hear about because people are too concerned about flu, uh, flu statistics. So, the aviation industry, ladies and gentlemen, now getting billions of dollars of your cash <laughs> within hours, basically, of hearing this announcement, Qantas, the biggest airline in Australia, stops international flights and stands down workers. Thank you for the billions of dollars to keep our business afloat. By the way, we're letting you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it is that bad. Two days after slashing international flights by 90%, and I would add, as an editor's note, and one day after being given billions of dollars of taxpayer money in order to stay in business, allegedly, Qantas has announced, uh, announced it will suspend overseas services altogether by the end of the month. So we're stuck here now. Australians, we're stuck here. We can't leave. We cannot leave. Isn't it wonderful? And stand down... Two-thirds of its workforce, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. 
your tax dollars hard at work. That equates to around 20,000 employees. Bye-bye. So long. No, no work for you. No money for you. Money for us because your tax dollars are paying for our salaries now. See, the $50 billion that you're giving us comes from you, the worker. But now we're letting you go. <laughs> I can't fucking believe it. And we were talking about this yesterday, right? And I said, you watch for the, there's going to be a whole collection of pundits who would previously call themselves small government free market conservatives. The Sean Hannity's, the Laura Ingram's, even the Dan Bongino's of this world, who nine years ago, 10 years ago, whatever it was, 10 years ago, would have been irate that Barack Obama was bailing out the banks because they were too big to fail, who would now be applauding the decision by the government to bail out the aviation industry. Because the same dynamic was happening here with conservatives in this country. And sometimes, you know, trains of thought can travel where ordinary peasants like us cannot, apparently. And they could travel overseas. So I, I know it's coming. Wherever you are, wherever there's a conservative government or a conservative punditry, wherever you are, whatever country you're in, you're going to get the same shit. Because in the end, it's all, what was, what was that famous George Carlin line? It's a big party and you ain't invited. So, billions of dollars in the bank. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mr. Taxpayer. Now, we're going to have to let 20,000 of you out the back door. Because we're patriots. We're, we're banding together. We're doing the right thing. Isn't it wonderful? A little, a little more from Australia here, ladies and gentlemen. ScoMo the Brave. Scott Morrison. Our conservative, free market, small government prime minister, ladies and gentlemen. Let's have a look here. The Prime Minister has made an extraordinary appeal to the nation tonight mm -hmm. as we try to fight the deadly coronavirus pandemic mm. sweeping the globe. We, we try to fight it. What are you doing, Peter? <laughs> what are you doing to fight it? Are you out there swabbing people? Are you out there taking blood samples? What are you doing? Oh, it's we now. Now that you want me to do something, now it's we, right? Yesterday it was them. It was us and them. Now it's we. Now we're a team, you see. Now that you're giving my taxpayer money to billionaires, now it's we. Now you're part of the team, Boogs. Oh, goody. I really mean something. These people really care about me. In an unprecedented move, Scott Morrison has asked people not to travel overseas <laughs> and to those stockpiling in order to stop it now. <laughs> yes. Yes. The government is now trying to write your shopping list. <laughs> Wait to hear this shit. It's un-Australian. It's un-Australian. Buying extra packets of pasta and extra rolls of toilet paper. God blimey, it's un-Australian. It's greedy. It's selfish. It's un-Australian. How dare you? <laughs> you know what? Fuck you. How about how about this, Scott Morrison? And I voted for your party. How about this? Fuck you. Fuck you. I mean, the balls of this guy. 
for a month, we were on this show talking about how the government isn't doing anything because they weren't. They still had dozens of flights flying in from the affected area of China into Sydney Airport, into Brisbane Airport, into Melbourne Airport every single goddamn day for weeks and weeks and weeks. And this guy, Scott Morrison, sat back and did nothing. Said, don't worry about it. There's nothing to see here. Thank you for the diamond, Becker. He did nothing. What he did was uh, order people to hand out pamphlets at airports with a hotline number on it. Hey, if you've got the sniffles, call this number. The hotline was only open between the hours of 9 and 5, Monday to Friday. But hey, if you've got the sniffles, call this number. They did nothing. So then, uh, as of a couple of weeks ago, all of a sudden, the, the tune started to change. Oh, we, we, we're taking this very seriously. Really? Since when? Then the mixed messaging comes out, right? Now, you have to consider the situation here. On the one, the, the government is telling you, on one hand, thank you for the diamond winning TV, flew you government. <laughs> the government is telling you on one hand, this is what's happening. You're not allowed to go to the restaurant. You're not allowed to go to the bar. You're not allowed to go to a nightclub. In fact, you're not allowed to be anywhere where there is already 99 people. You need to do a head count. If there's 100 people there, you need to get the fuck out because you're now breaking the law. You're not allowed to travel overseas. In fact, we're going to give the airline companies billions of dollars of your money so they can fire two-thirds of the workforce, and then we're going to force you to stay at home. We're sending the kids home. So if you work as a casual, you can't get daycare because there's no daycare places. You now have to stay home. So you're not going to get any money. You're not going to be able to go to work. In fact, let's just cover that off and we'll say the workplace has to close down too. Okay, so you're not allowed to travel. You can't be in groups. You can't go to the bars. You can't go to the restaurants. You can't leave the country. You can't do anything. And then after all of this, they say, by the way, don't buy extra shit at the shop because that's greedy and selfish and un-Australian. How dare you? No, no, no. Fuck you, Scott Morrison. Fuck you. Absolutely. Buy extra stuff. <laughs> Do not fucking trust the government to give you the right, the right call here. Do not trust the government to give you the right advice. In fact, do the exact fucking opposite of what the government's telling you. If the government is telling you, how dare you buy extra packets of rice at the store? That's so awful and un-Australian. Hang on. You were the sons of bitches who were standing back, scratching your ass for three weeks, saying there's nothing to fucking worry about. And now you're, you're the sons of bitches who are shutting everything fucking down. And now people can now see that there's no point in listening to what you have to say because you're fucking inept because you're fucking hopeless at your job, now they're going out and saying, you know what, maybe I'll buy a few extra things because I don't know how long this is going to last because the government's saying one thing and then doing the other. And then after, people are taking it, you know, going off their own back, deciding for themselves, like, we should take care of ourselves because the government can't take care of this situation. The government then comes out and calls you a piece of shit for doing it. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm going to take the extra packets of pasta and rice that I bought and I'm going to fucking throw them in the garbage just to spite you. Because I don't even need it. Fuck you. <laughs> you get nothing. Oh, it's un-Australian. It's un-Australian and selfish and greedy. Fuck off. Death was confirmed. Even more extreme measures to contain infections were announced. Here we go. 
The battle has begun in earnest. It, 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 is. it began. It began a month later than it should have. <laughs> Can't believe this shit, man. Can't believe it. We were sitting here for a month saying, "Do something. <laughs> Close the airports now. Not in two weeks. Not in one week. Close the airports now." We were saying, "Screen people coming in from Wuhan." The top health, the top health professional in the country for the government came out and said, "There's no point in testing people who get off a plane. There's no point to that. Don't be ridiculous. What are you, some kind of conspiracy nut?" Three weeks later, now they're shutting everything down, <laughs> and then they tell you you can't buy extra toilet rolls because that makes you a bad person. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> The battle has begun in earnest. Really? Where the fuck have you been for the last four weeks? What have you been doing? It's been happening around you. A once in a hundred year type event. Yeah. And it will be long. Once once in, uh, it's not once in a hundred year. It's once in 99 years and 11 months. Because <laughs> you didn't do anything for a month. And difficult. Whatever we do, mm. we've got to do for at least six months. The goal is the <sighs> six months of this. Let that settle in. Six months, ladies and gentlemen. Six months of businesses closing, no public transport, no travel, no sport, can't leave your house, all of all of the above. Six months of it. See, where, where did they pull that figure from all of a sudden? Because a, a month ago, there was nothing to worry about, you see, right? A month ago. So you can't trust a single fucking word that comes out of their mouth. And you know what? Like, to be fair to the guy, I don't think it's like a conservative thing. I don't think it's a Scott Morrison thing. I think any politician who's a leader right now is probably in the same boat. Whether they're conservative or libertarian or left-wing or whatever, they've all been fucked by this because they're, in a, they're between a rock and a hard place. They don't want to be too proactive because that'll cause panic. But then again, they don't want to be too reactive because then they'll be accused of not being proactive enough. You know what I mean? They don't want to do too much to disrupt the economy because the, the economy is all they have. But at the same time, if they do too much, then, you know, they, they, you can't win either way. I get that. But I just hate the reframing of it. Don't be in, Don't insult people. Don't tell people that they're a bad person for buying extra packets of rice when because you couldn't fucking do your job. Sure, it's a tough job, but don't blame fucking citizens for taking uh, measures into their own hands. That's what you want people to do. You dipshit. <laughs> you want people to take care of themselves. Don't don't fucking have a crack at them because they're doing it. To keep people alive by keeping them apart. It is every individual Australian's responsibility to practice good social distancing. This that's the piece of shit who said there's no point in testing people who get off the plane from Wuhan. A month ago. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna test people who get off the plane from Wuhan. That would be insane. That would be ridiculous. No, we'll just hand them a pamphlet instead. We'll hand them a pamphlet that says, if you've got the sniffles, call this number. That's how we're going to deal with it. No more handshaking. No, no more, more hugging. If we slow the No more hugging. Fuck you. <laughs> the spread, then we do save lives. The island continent is calling its people home. See, now they're using the death now they're using the death angle. But it's not about saving lives at all. It's about saving the economy. 
They need to stop the spread of the virus, not because of how many people it's killing, but of how many people have to quarantine to stop other people getting infected. Because every person quarantined is no longer going to work, is no longer catching public transport, is no longer spending money, is no longer earning tax receipts, right? Oh, you need to do it, otherwise everyone's going to die. Again, where was this a month ago? A month ago, it was like, nah, don't worry about it, it's just the flu. Forget about it. It's not that serious. Just keep doing what you normally do. Who cares? Literally, just keep doing what you normally do. They said business as usual. Just keep doing the same thing. One month ago. And pulling up the drawbridge with an unprecedented travel advisory. To level four for the entire world. Put simply, do not travel overseas. <laughs> and that is an indefinite ban. Inside out. An indefinite ban. As long as we want, we will keep you here. Like, the, the idea, the concept of freedom that people have had in the Western world for so long is about to come... It's about to come crashing up against an immovable object, and that immovable object is government power. And it's something that your libertarian, your black shirt wearing libertarian friends like myself have been screaming at you f about four years, saying that freedom is an illusion in reality. Because at any time, the government is constantly chipping away at your individual freedoms and your individual rights every single day. They're looking for new and wonderful ways to do it. And I've got more stories on that today as well. They are constantly looking for new and exciting and inventive ways to piss on your freedoms. But we like to walk around and wave our flags and sing songs about freedom. But all of it, in the blink of an eye, if it's not clear now, it will never be clear to you. But all of it in the blink of an eye has always been able to be ripped away from you, ripped out of your hands. And we have politicians who, you know, accelerated this because of their own inaction. In see, instead of quarantining the people leaving the infected area, now they're quarantining us. How does that work? When a month ago, two months ago, when they first learned of this, when they could have said, uh-uh, we're not taking anybody else now. Sorry, we're closing the airports. If, you, if you're not in here now, then you can't come in because we can't take the risk. Instead of doing that, they let people come in, come in thousands and thousands and thousands daily for weeks. And now we're the ones who get quarantined. Now we're the ones that are stuck. Oh, but the government's looking after me. They're protecting us. Bullshit. But we have freedom. No, you don't. Because you just watched the Prime Minister come out on national TV and say there is an indefinite ban against you leaving. That's it now. Sorry. By the way, if you can't, you can't go to the bar either. By the way, you can't go to the club. By the way, don't even think about going to the restaurants. We're shutting that down too. But my freedoms. Fuck you. Fuck you. That's really the government's attitude towards its citizens. Wherever, whatever country you're in, it's always been. Fuck you. Our borders, barriers will go up around people to less than 500 outdoors and far fewer in pubs, clubs and theatres. So a ban on non-essential gatherings of persons 100 and greater um, in indoor areas. Essential is defined as airports, public transport. See, the airports are still open! <laughs>
excuse me, Mr. Morrison. Hi, uh, Boogie Bumper here. Um, if there's no, if there is a travel ban and nobody's allowed to leave, why would the airports be deemed an essential service and therefore still open? Oh, you mean we're still bringing people in? Ah, <laughs> we're just not letting anybody out. <laughs> Thank you for coming. I'll see, see you, you in hell. No worry, we're all we're all going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> we bring it. We keep bringing the people in, but we can't let anybody out. That sounds like one hell of an ass backwards quarantine to me, doesn't it? Medical and emergency services, jails, courts, jails, parliaments, courts, food markets, parliaments. shopping centres, offices, factories, construction and mining sites. Child- See, they put the supermarkets and the uh, the food outlets in the essential services. That's great. They're going to close themselves down, though, unfortunately. They're going to shut themselves down. Watch. They, they're already doing it. Uh, midweek next week, a whole bunch, a thousand supermarkets around Australia are shutting down for, I don't know, a day or two, two days maybe. That's not going to be the first time it happens. Okay, schools, universities, hotels, motels and malls. Non-essential um, is everything else. School closures may come, but right now the risks outweigh the benefits. Uh, th- this was what? Two, this was two days ago this report came out. Uh, news breaking this morning, ladies and gentlemen, a whole bunch of schools closing. So again, uh, somebody in the chat yesterday on the Podbean website said something like, in their city, I can't remember which city they were in, it was somewhere in the United States, they're being told that there's no hard and fast rules here. We're just advising people to quarantine. We're advising people to stay in, right? We're advising businesses to close, but we're not making it a rule yet. They said, we're not, we're not going that far. And I said to this person who probably had the best of intentions and probably, you know, um, believes it. Yeah, they'll say that until they do it. <laughs> right? A month ago, they were saying that they're not going to do anything. It's business as usual until they decided not to. Two weeks ago, they said that they're not going to be in- imposing any kind of quarantine until they did. Until they did. A week ago, they said they weren't going to be banning travel until they decided to do it. So you, see, you, you, you cannot take any words um, as gospel at all from these people, from politics, from politicians, full stop. They will tell you whatever they have to tell you until they decide to change their mind. And that's true for all politicians across the board all the time. They'll tell you that there's no there's no crisis, there's no crisis, there's no crisis. Stop being ridiculous. Don't but don't buy extra pasta. Don't buy extra toilet paper. There's no crisis. Don't be don't be a conspiracy theorist. There's nothing to worry about until they come out and make an announcement. Okay, there's a crisis. We're shutting down all travel. We're shutting down the schools. We're shutting down the bars, and you can't leave your house. And everyone will say, well, but but you said last week that there was no crisis, and I'll say, yeah, but that's changed now. Too bad. We're banning it. You're breaking the law now if you go against it. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Government, I guess. Thanks for that, I think. The disruption that would occur from the closure of schools around this country, make no mistake, would be severe. You see, see, he's speaking with such authority as well. It's a con act. You know, when you hear of a con man, it doesn't mean uh, convict, right? It means confidence. It's a confidence routine. So you're you're acting, you're pretending with confidence. That's how you convince people of you know some uh, 
manufactured truth in order to steal from them. That's where the term con man comes from, right? This is what a con man does. Listen to me right now. <laughs> Remember, a month ago, this guy didn't know his arsehole from his ear hole. He couldn't tell the difference between shit and shoe polish. But now, listen to me right now. We know exactly what we're doing. We're all, we're all over this. We're on top of this situation. Trust me. If we shut down the schools right now, the effects would be devastating. He's going to come out next week sometime and say, look, listen to me. We've run the numbers. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. We have to shut down the schools right now. <laughs> In the same voice. <laughs> With the same act. It's all an act. It's all a show. What do I mean by severe? Tens of thousands of jobs could be lost, if not more. Uh, Scott, you just gave the airlines billions of dollars of taxpayers' money and they've just laid off 20,000 workers today in the last hour. Thousands of jobs could be lost. <laughs> like they care. <laughs> oh, okay. So you've just made people poorer by putting the country further into debt by giving away billions of dollars that we don't have in future tax receipts from the people who work at the airline companies only for them to be laid off and you're on TV crying about potential job losses. Give me a fucking break. New restrictions will apply to vulnerable Indigenous communities vulnerable. and visits to aged care homes will be limited. Most people... Uh, they're now banned. <laughs> you're not allowed to go to the aged care home anymore. You're banned. People with this virus have a mild disease. The people we worried most about are our elderly. And seeing the elderly shoved aside by hoarders in supermarket stampedes has incensed the Prime Minister. Here we go. Oh, he's very angry about people buying extra stuff. Stop doing it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Stop doing it. It's ridiculous. It's un-Australian. Yeah. And it must stop. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I was going to go down to the store and make sure I've got enough supplies for the next three weeks, but Scott Morrison told me I better not because it's un-Australian. <laughs> Thank you, Becca, for the diamond. Kung flu fighting. Absolutely. I was going to make sure that I had enough supplies for the next month or so because just in case uh, the government starts shutting down entire industries because you can't believe a word that they say because it changes from day to day, week to week. But, hey, since Scott Morrison came out and said it's ridiculous and it needs to stop, well, I guess I better go hungry then. I wouldn't want the government thinking that I'm a bad guy. <laughs> like I said, go fuck yourself, Scott Morrison. If he scolded you all like children, exactly. Stop it. What are you doing? <laughs> um, taking care of myself because you fucking dropped the ball, mate? That's what I'm doing. What are you doing? <laughs> You're banning travel but letting people in? <laughs> you don't know what's going on. Like I said, you don't know shit from shoe polish. So, yes, I'm going to buy that extra packet of pasta. I'm going to buy that extra packet of minced meat. I am going to buy the extra rolls of toilet paper specifically because you said I shouldn't. That's that's good enough reason for me. Again, as the spokesman for the black shirt wearing libertarians, uh, if you believe anything coming out of these people's mouths at this point, uh, you must be criminally naive because they don't know what they're saying. They don't know what they're doing from one day to the next. Why the hell would you listen to them? <laughs> this is what you stopped work, work for, right, Boogs? <laughs> Holy cow. Remember he said, remember, <laughs> remember he said, we're not, listen to me right now. 
There's no reason to shut down schools. We're not shutting down any schools. That's ridiculous talk. We're not going to do anything like that. Uh, this came out last night. A growing number of private schools are urging students to go home. <laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> Listen to me right now. We are not interested in sending children home from school. In fact, we want the exact opposite. The effect that sending children home from school will have will be devastating. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Want to hear it again? A growing number of private schools are urging students to go home. <laughs> but the government's looking after us. The government knows what they're doing. They've got this. They've got this. He has got this. He knows exactly what he's doing, guys. There's no reason to panic. <laughs> By the way, the panic buying stuff. Like, talk about mixed messages, right? The government's like, we're shutting down travel. We're shutting down sporting events. We're shutting down clubs. We're shutting down bars. Um, we're shutting down schools. We're basically shutting everything down. But don't panic. <laughs> don't buy extra pasta. That only horrible people do that. <laughs> I'm not surprised people are freaking out. They, they don't know what to do. In anticipation that all New South Wales schools will eventually be forced to close down. Yeah, yeah. Top Rob's in the chat. Rob, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You said it would happen. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I'd like to be wrong. Sometimes I'd like to be wrong. But unfortunately, these people are so predictable. So predictable. The, the, the way that you have to be wrong is to take on, you know, the only way that you can be wrong about these kinds of things is if you take what a politician says as absolute gospel and truth all the time. Whichever the politician, whichever politician it is, if you, if you pick a politician and you say, okay, whatever this guy or whatever this girl does is 100% right all of the time, then you're going to get stuff wrong. Because that is, a, an, you know, that is an unrealistic, fantastical premise to begin with. So when you begin with that premise, you are going to get stuff wrong. Stay cynical. Stay sceptical. Then you'll get stuff right. If you're not concerned with uh, making your team look good, because I'm not. I want my team to be good. I don't care if they look good. I want them to be good. So when they do good, I say, good job. And when they do bad, like the last clip we watched, I'm going to, I'm going to say, fuck you, <laughs> right? So I'm not concerned with making my team look good. So it's very it's very easy for me to, you know, say, no, that's wrong. This will happen. This is going to happen. Because I don't have to spin it in a way that makes them sound like champions. You know what I mean? That's the first thing. Tom Saker joins me now. Tom, the government is maintaining <coughs> its stance that schools should stay open. Yeah. Should. Should. <laughs> should doesn't mean will, right? See, I thought back in 2016 we'd, we'd all had enough of these little rhetorical tricks. I thought back in 2016 we'd had enough. We'd all figured out the little rhetorical traps that they set for us. 
and we'd start stepping around them instead of having our legs blown off by the linguistic landmines constantly. But no, there are still veterans of the word wars crawling off the battlefield with bloody stubs where their knees used to be. So I can't believe I stepped on that rhetorical landmine again. I can't believe I believe... The government came out and said that the uh, stock market should stay high. Yes, they said should. They didn't say will. See, you heard should, but then you thought will. That's the problem, right? You stepped on the rhetorical landmine. That's on you. That's not on them. But the, the government promised that they would keep the airport. They promised that travel would stay open. No, they didn't. They said, we believe in keeping the travel lanes open. <laughs> they didn't say they will keep the travel lines open, right? <sighs> Another leg blown off. Another victim. There's victim. There's piles of bodies all around us now. People who constantly step on these little linguistic landmines. But the government said that they won't close down bars and restaurants. No, they didn't. The government said that they won't they don't want to close down bars and restaurants. Do you see? Another limb. People are still walking over the people are still walking into the minefield with blindfolds on. After four years of this shit. I haven't learned a damn thing. Well, and as more and more private schools go digital and shut their gates to students, the Prime Minister digital. is refusing to budge. He's worried about the economy and the healthcare system if kids leave the classroom. There's only one reason your kids shouldn't be going to school, and that is if... If they're sick! <laughs> if they're sick! Do you, you know one of the best parts about Corona Chan? <clears throat> Do you know what makes her such a devilish um, seductress, Corona Chan? One of the best parts about her is that kids still get infected, right? Because people are saying the kids don't catch it. The kids don't catch it. That's not technically true. The kids do catch it. They just don't get sick, right? They carry the virus because people are saying, oh, the kids don't get the virus. That's a lie. If you hear that from a politician, it's an outright lie. Kids carry the virus, but they just don't get sick from it. They are asymptomatic for whatever reason. So the kid can still go to the school and schools are generally like a, you know, they're generally like a, a, a bucket of diseases, right? One kid goes to school and then all the kids get sick because they mix with each other, they share food with each other, they run around, they rumble, they play sport, whatever. They're sitting, you know, shoulder to shoulder all day. So the kids get the infection, but they just don't get sick from it. And then what happens is the kid goes home and maybe goes and sits on grandpa's knee and has a, a horsey ride, and then grandpa drops fucking dead two weeks later. <laughs> that's what's happening. And that's why I said that's what makes Corona Chan such a deceptive seductress. Because she's found a way into your home. She knows her, She knows the way around your petty human rules. She does what she wants. She gets into your children. That's how she gets to your grandparents, you see. She's devilish. They are unwell. The Premier is also pleading with schools that have the option to stay open. We would hope uh, that any school considering acting alone on this reconsider. There is no rationale for closing down schools. None whatsoever. 
None whatsoever. No rationale whatsoever. While a number of <coughs> private schools try to get ahead of the curve, fears are growing that the health system would be unable to cope with the thousands of health workers who would have to leave yep. work and look after their children. Mm -hmm. Australian microphone company Rode has anticipated the full closure of schools, offering $2 million worth of microphones and podcast equipment to send to secondary schools. How about that? Now, I can say <clears throat> I'm not being paid for this, but I am speaking to you right now, ladies and gentlemen, through the um, expertly crafted, uh, brilliantly produced and tremendously well-valued Rode microphone Procaster right here. Big fan of Rode products. So I can tell you that Rode knows exactly what they're doing and their stuff, correct me if I'm wrong, sounds fucking fantastic if I do say so myself. So I would, So since the secondary schools, ladies and gentlemen, are now turning to the world of podcasting in order to educate their students, I, for one, would like to put my hand up and nominate a little program called The Daily Boogie, which I think would be a tremendous educational tool for young people in Australia. And fuck it, young people worldwide. We'll get some translators. We'll be able to... I, I know a couple of people that speak Arabic. I know a couple of people that speak Chinese, otherwise known as Chinese. <laughs> so we can do this. We can absolutely do this. So let's get the Daily Boogie podcast on the list of approved educational materials. I will write a strongly worded but polite letter to the education department, putting my hand up, doing the right thing, using my Rode microphone, because this is stuff I think all children need to hear. By the way, don't believe a fucking word that your, your teachers say. <laughs> don't believe a fucking word the government says. Don't rely on anybody and if you're fighting with an old lady over a packet of toilet paper at the local store, make sure you hit her hard enough to sit her down so you can so you can get the toilet paper. <laughs> Just don't leave a bruise. <laughs> make sure you make sure you knock her out the first time you hit her. <laughs> Because let's face it, she's probably going to be dead from coronavirus in a couple of weeks anyway. You need the toilet paper more than she does. Let's be honest. You think we should? I think we need to be in schools. <laughs> Lemon tree. Very cheeky. I will translate to the English-speaking kids. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, let's go to some United States stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Because you know I love you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you know I love you, my American brothers and sisters, comrades, if I can say, um, patriots, comrades. You know I love you, and I know you know that I know that I want you to be the absolute best that you can be. I don't want the apologetic, shy America. I I want the America that the rest of the world hates. I want you big and bold and arrogant and in everybody's faces. I love that about you. I want you to do the biggest things and the most grotesquely obvious, cheesy, uh, cringe things because that's what I love about you, right? So <clears throat> I'm going to bring you this because this to me is, is, this is America, ladies and gentlemen. 
Oh my God, CBS News. Uh, Florida beaches ignore... Students are ignoring Florida beaches social distancing policy for spring break. Let's have a look at these brave patriots standing down the face of danger. If I get corona, I get corona. At the end of the day, I'm not going to let it stop me from partying. You know, yeah. I've been waiting. We've been waiting for Miami spring break for a while. About two yeah. months we've had this trip planned. Yeah. Two, three months. Two We're months. Just having a good time. Whatever happens, happens. Like, it's really messing up with my spring break. It's really messing up my spring break. <laughs> Yo, dude, it's like, you know, we've been planning this for like our whole lives, man. Uh, like at least like two or three months, man. I've been saving up. I got like tons of weed, tons of beer. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. So I've been saving up. I'm not going to let anybody like stand in the way. I'm going to have a good fucking time, man. I'm here to party, you know? So, you know, this government coming out saying that uh, there's this virus thing that's going around and it causes people to suffocate to death from the inside when their lungs fill up with like this glue cement shit and they die in a hospital bed. I ain't letting, I ain't letting that stop me, man. Fuck that, man. We had a two. We had two months of this planning, you know. <laughs> well, it's just like, you know, all of this virus stuff is really uh, making my spring break plans like harder, you know, because like we plan to go to like a, ni a nice tapas place yesterday, and you know, like there's this beautiful like taco place that my friends have been telling me about for like two weeks. And I went there last night and it was closed. So like, you know, we just had to go to the bar instead. And so it's like really messing with my plans right now. Like, I can't believe it. It's like the whole world is conspiring against me. We've been, we've been planning this for like literally like three months now. What is there to do here other than go to the bars or the beach and they're closing all of it? It's really messing my I think they're blowing it way out of proportion. Yeah. I think it's doing way too much. Doing us bad. We need a refund. This virus ain't that serious. It's serious. It's more serious things out there like hunger and poverty, and we need to address yes, that. <laughs> There's more serious things out there like hunger and poverty, and we need to address that. Meanwhile, we're down here at spring break, sitting on the beach, getting blind drunk, smoking weed, complaining that the bars aren't open. <laughs> what do you mean we? We need to address it. You just want to get you just want to get shit faced in the nightclub, mate. You don't want to address the world's problems. Come on now, come on now. Let's not, let's not go down that route. Like I don't know why they I don't know why they're trying to stop us from partying, man. Like think about like all the world hunger and shit. Like shouldn't they be doing that instead? <laughs> Good point. Good point, bro. Yeah, I mean, we planned this a long time ago and it was kind of like literally two months ago in the air. We still go, but like we're here. I just turned 21 this year, so I'm here to party. So it's kind of disappointing, yeah. but we're just making the most of it. We met these other people in our good. little Airbnb spot. So we're just hanging out with them and trying to get drunk before everything closes. <laughs> I like her. Got to be honest. I like that attitude. See, that's, that's more productive to me. You know, oh, well, you know what? I just turned 21. I'm here to party. I'm just trying to make the most of it. We met some nice friends. Like, that sounds like something I'd say. We met some people at the Airbnb, and now we're just trying to get as, as drunk as possibly, as humanly possible before they close the bar. I'm like, yep. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you, baby. There you have it. All right. 
Now, why aren't people on the same page when it comes to the coronavirus, I hear you ask? Why isn't everybody singing from the same hymn sheet? Why is there such confusion? Why is there such partisan division when it comes to the messaging around coronavirus, ladies and gentlemen? Many people are blaming the media. Many people are blaming you. Many people like myself are blaming the governments. But one has to think that, you know, a lot of people are blaming the media for a lot of different things. And the media is angry that they're not being taken seriously. And I wonder why that might be the case. I bring to you, ladies and gentlemen, Exhibit A from the ABC. That's why we named it Exhibit A. Why is it is why could it possibly be that the media isn't being taken seriously? Well, let's See, have a when look. you asked the president about unemployment, he scoffed at the idea that this could go up to 20%. He said that's an absolute worst-case scenario. No question it's going to go way up, which is one of the things that reasons, as the president was being questioned there at a press conference, it's pretty clear that this stimulus package, which is outlined at about a trillion dollars right now with $500 billion in direct payments to Americans, is very much a moving target, likely to get bigger. Likely to get bigger and facing some roadblocks on Capitol Hill right now, George. I think a lot remains to be seen. But as you said, he is really trying to take a step back on this one. He says this 20% unemployment that was floated by his Treasury, Treasury Secretary on Capitol Hill just yesterday to a number of Republicans uh, there when he was meeting with them, he says that that is exactly a worst-case scenario. Uh, he also is telling us, the President, that he will have more to say later for, uh, about the FDA, so potentially some news on food distributions as Americans continue to go shopping and see these empty shelves. But really a moving target, something... An EBT card isn't much good to you when there's no food in the store, is it? I do wonder for all the people who are going, who are on EBT cards when there's no food in the store. I do wonder how they're going to react in a week, two weeks, a month. It's not going to be pretty, <laughs> I think. <clears throat> Don't worry. We'll do what New York did and we'll send in the National Guard to hand out Meals on Wheels packages. <laughs> No, up here, no, I, I've heard, I, I'm hearing a lot of talk, a lot of propaganda is being spread out there by the fascists. Like, there's a lot of propaganda out there by the racists, and they're saying that we're bringing in the National Guard up here in New York City to, uh, to instill some kind of martial law. I'm here to tell you that's definitely not the case. No, we're only bringing in the National Guard to help hand out food packages and to help wipe down countertops. They're here to help with the cleaning. We're going to give them a bottle, a pledge, and a wet sponge. That's what we're doing with the National Guard. Only people dressed in army fatigues with sidearms are able to hand out food packages now. That's what we're doing up here. Don't worry about it. It's not, it ain't martial law. It was never martial law. Don't listen to the fake news on this, all right? They're trying to get in front of here, uh, but they still have a lot of work to do in terms of lobbying on Capitol Hill right now. Tell us about see, No apologies from the president by calling this the China virus. He said... It means so much to them, doesn't it? And Celia, no apologies from the president tonight. He continues to call it the China virus. Gee, I wonder why people aren't taking the media seriously anymore.
I wonder why people aren't listening to the corporate press anymore. Could it be, possibly, possibly, that nobody really gives a fuck what they call it? (laughs) Could that possibly be the case? Could it possibly be the case that nobody is going to get upset at it being called the China virus, even though you're really trying hard to make them get upset about it? Could that possibly be one of the reasons? said many times it's not racist. This is where the virus is coming from, even though the World Health Organization says that uh, leaders should resist labeling uh, viruses and epidemics and pandemics in that way. Oh, oh, the World Health Organization put out some put out some advice to world leaders. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> didn't you hear? Didn't you hear? The World Health Organization said that you shouldn't call this thing what you want to call it. Oh, I had no idea. Why, thank you for letting me know. I had no idea. How awful of me. How terrible of me. Can you get the World Health Organization on the phone right now? I want to get a list from them of all the things that I am allowed or not allowed to say, please. Just because he's the president, he thinks he can say what he wants. <laughs> Who the hell is this guy? The World Health Organization says that members of his own uh, coronavirus task force who normally yep. would be there with him have also said that, that they will, yeah. this, uh, the human uh, HHS secretary Azar has said that he would not use that term because- Who cares? Nobody fucking cares. This is the problem. <clears throat> only in the West, only in the West in 2020, could we turn, could we manage, could we, could we drag ourselves into a position where we can turn a story about a highly uh, infectious, asymptomatic disease, which people are dying from, but more importantly, is causing a worldwide fucking depression, which is sending people out of work, sending people broke, which is crashing the world economy. Only in 2020 in the Western world could we turn this into a fucking discussion about racism. Like, you people are seriously unhinged. Completely unhinged. I would even go so far as to say there is so much about the current coronavirus situation that you could attack the president on, that you could, like, legitimately attack him on. It wouldn't surprise... I'm not one who thinks that the president does everything to the press for, like, 4D chess and stuff. I think that's a misnomer. I think sometimes he can do things on purpose. Sometimes it's just lucky because the other people are so fucking stupid. Sometimes it doesn't work at all, right? But on this occasion, I think this could be legitimately one of those occasions where he said, you know what, if I just call this the China virus, they're going to talk about that instead of all of this bad shit that's happening. They're going to chase the rabbit. They're going to chase the shiny object. And so they'll get, they'll have the panel shows and they'll have these little discussion shows and they will sit there and talk about why, or why is it or is it not racist to call it the China virus instead of, you know, the 10,000 people who got laid off today because of the restrictions that government is placing on groups gathering, right? It could be that way. Ethnicity has nothing to do with this virus, but the president came out swinging. He called it the Chinese virus right out of the gate up here on the podium today. And as you said, repeatedly said that he did not view this as racist. Uh, He also, though, did not back down from uh, a report that a member of his team to a colleague of mine at CBS used the phrase Kung flu, uh, which I believe many people, many people would uh, would consider racist. He said that he did not consider that racist, George. Um, When I pushed him on whether he believed that China was intentionally inflicting 
Oh, yeah. Calling it Kung Flu is racist. <clears throat> oh, God. I'm afraid we're going to have to do one of these now. Because I agree. Calling it Kung Flu is obviously racist. It's terrible, ladies and gentlemen. We can't have that. We can't have this. Terrible, awful stuff. Everybody was Kung Flu fighting. Guess again. Guess again, you dumb bitch. <laughs> nah. <laughs> we love it. We love it. We're going to keep doing it now just because we know, just because we know that you don't like it. So let me put that link in the chat. That is uh, Corona Chan is Kung Fu Flu Fighting by Laddie McLass. Uh, that video's got 23,000 views, but Laddie McLass, whoever Laddie McLass is, only has 244 subs, so I'm going to become sub number 245. So get that video, get that link, and give that person a sub. I think they deserve it. All right. So that's ABC. Don't worry. Fox News viewers, I'm coming for you next. We're coming for you next. As you know, on this show, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have railed against Fox News from time to time. I think of the Neil Cavuto piece of him swallowing the um, the scabbed 
pus-filled, horned um, penis of the, the police state, swallowing it live on national TV, gorging himself on it. We did that. Uh, we've been attacking Sean Hannity for the complete ridiculousness of, you know, constantly referring to flu stats instead of all of the other shit that's going on. Uh, this is a fun little clip, ladies and gentlemen, and it's put out by the Washington Post. So, of course, they've got an agenda here, but you know what? Uh, when bad people do good things, I can't help myself. I have to bring it to you. Yes, the judge too. The judge is in on this as well. Don't worry. So this is a little uh, montage that the Washington Post has put together. And all's fair, all's fair because, you know, Fox News will attack the Washington Post whenever they want. So the Washington Post is getting one back in. And I think on this occasion, at least, it's fair game. I think it's a fair thing that they're doing here. You'll see when you see this. So they've got a collection of Fox News hosts. Interestingly enough, Tucker Carlson isn't on this list. You know why? Because Tucker has been fucking consistent from the beginning. He's the only one who hasn't changed his tune mid-virus. Tucker's actually uh, had an argument, had an opinion, had a stance and stuck to it. Instead of flip-flopping for the purpose of fellating a particular, you know, president or a particular uh, political party. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, Kimmy. So let's see what they've put together here. Fox News hosts on how they've done an about-face on the messaging when it comes to Corona Jam. This is yet another attempt to impeach the president. Yes, the judge. And sadly, it seems they care very little for any of the destruction they are leaving in their wake. We must test for the virus in order to stop the spread of it. <laughs> what could be a very great recession. Yeah. Some predicting even a depression. At worst, worst case scenario, it could be the flu. I feel like the more I learn about this, the less there is to worry about. I was about to say the same thing. We don't have immunity to this virus. It's a new virus. It's... <laughs> At worst, it's just like the flu. At worst, it's the same as the flu. One week, nine days later. This is a new kind of fucking death virus that we've never seen before. <laughs> this, is, this is a new thing. We've never seen this before in our lives. <laughs> it's a pandemic strain of a virus we haven't seen before. All the talk about coronavirus being so much... Doc's, saying, Doc's in the chat saying Tucker is fear porn sometimes. Don't Ring worry. Everyone else is now. Cheese, man. <laughs> Everyone else is doing fear porn now. Watch. Yes, the judge is next. For All the talk about... Thank you for the diamond, UK Neil. Fuck virus, get drunk, says UK Neil in the chat. Not in Florida, though. You can't do it in Florida. Let's see what the judge... People were very upset that the judge made it onto this list. Let's have a look. For All the talk about coronavirus being so much more deadly doesn't reflect reality. Oh. Without a vaccine, the flu would be far more deadly. Right. We are facing an incredibly contagious and dangerous virus <laughs> that is moving across the world from one hotspot to another. <laughs> because the point here is, the point here is, whether you like to hear this or not, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. I'm going to tell you, I'm not pandering to anyone. I'm going to stay consistent. Whether you like to hear this or not, this is the truth. When the government was underplaying, when the government was playing down 
the coronavirus when the government was saying we're not going to do anything different don't worry it's just like the flu uh what is everyone worried about there's not going to be any problem nothing's going to change these people these paid mouthpiece shills on fox news who exist only to sell uh medical products to pensioners they were saying oh well it's just like the flu there's nothing to worry about no no and when the when the direction changed from government and when the government started doing things and banning things and shutting things down and coming up with stimulus packages, all of a sudden it became serious. And they just they just tacked like that. They just switched direction. There's nothing to worry about. It's just like the flu. This is a this is a highly contagious virus that we need to take seriously. They're shameless. Shameless shills. We're going to call out anyone and everyone who's using this virus as a political weapon oh, against okay. the president. Yep. The standard flu every single year Again, kills tens of thousands. Do you see why now I was saying all along that the standard flu st- death statistic is completely and utterly irrelevant to this? Does it like, Is it falling into place for you? We've said for weeks, stop talking about how many people the flu has killed. It doesn't make any difference. You're missing the point entirely. <laughs> no, they, they couldn't help themselves. And now they look like morons. Like this. The president. The standard flu every single year kills tens of thousands of Americans. We are now entering what will be the crucial defining 15-day period <laughs> as, it was, as it relates to this virus. <laughs> Oh no, Hannity, huh? Russ in the chat. Come on, books. It won't happen here. <laughs> well done. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Where we must slow the spread of coronavirus. Why? It's actually the same. Why? Why? It's just like the flu. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything different. Nothing has changed. It's time to fly. Everyone I know that's fly- now we now we have to slow the spread of the virus. When the government was saying we don't have to do anything different, they were saying there's no difference to this. It's just like the flu. But now that the government says we need to, what's the, what's the new hashtag now? Something about the curve, flatten the curve. Now that that's the hashtag. That's the um, buzzword that's out there. Now we have to flatten a curve. All of a sudden, Sean Hannity's like, we've got to flatten this fucking curve. We've got to stop this virus in its tracks. And the best person to do that is Donald Trump. He always took it seriously. <laughs> We, we've been talking about the virus being a dangerous thing from day one here on Fox News. <laughs> it, it really makes you wonder if the bulk of their audience on like, you know, Sean Hannity's program and other programs on Fox, it really makes you wonder if the bulk of their audience just has amnesia and they know that they can say whatever they want because a week from now, they're not going to remember anyway. So what's the difference? Flying right now, terminals are pretty much dead. We have Kimmy in the chat says, "What does your crush cat Tibf have to say? She can say whatever she wants. I don't care. <laughs> she she doesn't. The rules don't apply to her, Kim. You should know that by now. Responsibility to slow down this virus and to. Oh, this is a good one. She's even wearing the same green dress by the looks of it. Must slow the spread of coronavirus. It's actually the safest time to fly. Everyone I know that's flying right now, terminals are pretty much <laughs> dead. We have a responsibility to slow down this virus and to think of other people during this time. And so if you can keep your distance and prevent someone from getting close to you that might be sick, you could save yeah. your family. No, get on the planes. Get on the planes. It's the safest time to do it.
<laughs> there you have it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, they're good, aren't they? Utterly fantastic stuff. Uh, just quickly, ladies and gentlemen, the real news. Cannabis dispensaries allowed to, to open despite city lockdown. Because here we're covering the big issues. Cannabis dispensaries can, can continue to offer delivery or pickup service despite Monday's shelter-in-place order that closed many businesses. The Department of Public Health announced in a tweet late Tuesday afternoon, cannabis is an essential medicine for many San Francisco residents. Man. Like, like if they, uh, dude, dude, I gotta, I've got to try and find my California voice. Dude, if they like, you know, close like the, like the stores and shit, um, how are we going to get more weed, man? <sighs> Don't worry, bro. Don't worry, bro. Bro, the cannabis store is going to stay open, man. Okay. It's going to be fine, bro. Yeah. But like, isn't there like a virus out there or some shit? <sighs> you know, I've heard like, there's a lot of people out there who like, <coughs> like coughing a lot. Hey, bro, you got a cough to get off, am I right, huh? Oh, hell yeah, man! Fuck yeah, bro! <laughs> Fucking weed, man! <laughs> Priorities. Gotta keep the... Gotta keep the stereotyping motherfucker, says BK Veritas, the proud Californian. who <laughs> no longer lives there. <laughs> Fucking weed, bro! The announcement comes as a reversal of the department's earlier message to dispensaries in which it seemed them non-essential businesses that were required to shutter. I'm very disappointed, actually. One of my favorite little accounts that I found, uh, courtesy of Lucifer Sam, he put me onto it, got shut down on Twitter. I don't know who he upset, but there was an account called uh, Pol Pot Dispensary <laughs> who would just insult people. So he got shut down on Twitter. I was very upset about that. Very funny guy, whoever it was. Hopefully he's back now. Hopefully he finds me again because I need to find him. So there you have it. We are keeping the pot dispensaries open. Because fucking weed, bro. All right. So we've we've done about 75%. Yeah, I know. Today's show is only 50%. We've, we've done about 75% Corona Chan, but we're saving the best for last. And I'm going to give you, it's, it's a famous Daily Boogie multiple choice question. We invented that here. We invented the multiple choice question. I'm not sure if you're aware of that or not. Scientific evidence suggests. All right. So I'm going to give you a choice. Oh, actually, one more thing. Since we pumped him up, <clears throat> since, we, since we mentioned it before... And like I said, because I think he's probably the only guy who has actually been consistent on the coronavirus thing in the corporate press on all sides. He seems to be the only guy who is really principled when it comes to things in the corporate press. That's Tucker Carlson. Whether you agree with him or disagree with him, I don't think that you can say that he doesn't say what he really thinks. And he doesn't stand for things. He clearly stands for things, right? He's not the kind to just flip-flop from one week to the next based on whatever Donald Trump says. And sometimes he's gone incredibly hard on Donald Trump. And, you know, most people, a lot of people say, oh, fuck him, he's a, fuck him, he doesn't, because I think he gets a lot of ire because he doesn't fillet Donald President vigorously enough, like a Sean Hannity does, like a Laura Ingram does. 
like a Judge Janine does, which forces them to flip-flop with whatever the president says instead of taking a principled stance and being consistent on any particular issue. So I don't think Carlson has that problem, but that's probably why a whole bunch of uh, Donald Trump, really hardcore Donald Trump supporters don't like the guy, which I understand. So let's see, uh, this is a recent video. I haven't watched this yet. It's only two and a half minutes, so I thought may as well. Since we mentioned him, let's see what he's got to say recently. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Back in January, we first reported on this show about what we described then as a serious viral outbreak that appeared to be rising from a city called Wuhan. And he's... Uh, while, while Sean Hannity was talking about the demon rats concocting a media story that was trying to sensationalize the flu. Eastern China. At the time, the outbreak sounded ominous and potentially important, but still very far away. Today, less than two months later, the Chinese coronavirus is officially a national emergency here in the United States. <laughs> he's, he's such a smart ass too. See, he's, he's not just calling it the Chinese virus. He's too smart for that. He'll call it the Chinese coronavirus, so he covers both bases, so he pisses everybody off. <laughs> United States. The president announced that this afternoon at a press conference in the Rose Garden. To unleash the full power of the federal government in this effort. To unleash the full power of the federal government, we are going to nuke the coronavirus. We have strong intelligence from our assets on the ground in various countries, in various theaters of war. They're doing a great job, a tremendous job. I have been on the phone with our generals all night, and we have decided that we are going to nuke the virus. We are going to set the air on fire, and that way the virus will be dead. It will no longer be a threat to American lives. So we are absolutely, we are going to kill the virus. We are sending out the Marines. They're going to hunt down the virus, and they're going to take him out. It's going to be a tremendous job. Wonderful job, everybody. We're going to unleash the full power of the American government. For today, I am officially declaring a national emergency. President, on to explain measures designed to both check the spread of the virus and to help the country recover and certainly weather the economic disruption it's causing. The president's state of emergency declaration frees up $50 billion to battle the pandemic. Regulations governing the length of hospital stays will be waived. Most visits to nursing homes will be suspended. The president also announced a total freeze on interest payments on the nation's $1.5 trillion in federal student loans. No more payments for a while. He said the government will purchase billions of barrels of oil for the strategic petroleum, petroleum reserve. We're going to fill it to the top, he said. Then, in response to inadequate testing across the country, something that's gotten quite a bit of attention, he announced a new initiative to open drive-through testing facilities. The goal is for individuals to be able to get tested for the coronavirus and then pick themselves up a nice quarter pounder, beautiful American burgers. Just because you're getting tested for the virus doesn't mean that you can't get a burger at the same time. Be able to drive up and be swabbed without having to leave your car. We'll have more on the problems with testing. Just, uh, yet another, yet another drive-through service for my, my American brothers and sisters. <laughs> for the virus in just a minute, the president's announcement today. If only we could do drive-through funerals, that'll be next. Grandma dropped dead of the coronavirus. Her lungs filled with glue, and she suffocated to death in the nursing home. Let's do, let's do a drive-through funeral. We'll put her in the back of a dump truck, and then just back it up and hit the brakes, and she'll just go into the hole, and everybody can drive past and wave at the tombstone. Bye, Nana. Bye.
They seem to calm markets a bit. After dropping 10 points yesterday, the Dow Jones Industrial Average rose by more than 9%, with most of the gains coming after the president. I'll see you in hell. President spoke. Still, across America, regular life is all but suspended right now, as you know well. Sporting events, concerts, and plays are being canceled. So are religious ceremonies. The Mormon <laughs> Church stopped all services worldwide. Because it's just At the this flu. moment, there are about 2,200 confirmed coronavirus cases in the United States. Wow, this is old because it's up. It's over 8,000 now. There have been 48 deaths. Those are not huge numbers. Do you want to supersize that test, James, in the chat? <laughs> Look. Can, we can get you. We can get you for we 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 get one test. You get one test. There is also a kids test that comes with a toy, that comes with a bag of cookies you can take home. Don't worry. Don't worry. The cookies have been tested. Also, it comes with a roll of TP. Numbers in a dead cat bounce doesn't matter in the chat. See, I've made this point on the show before. People are in this trap now of looking at the stock market from day to day, right? And it's 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 getting really annoying. Because which, whichever purpose you're trying to serve when you're on corporate media talking about what the stock market is doing, you can serve it in one way or another. There is always some kind of action that the stock market takes, right? But pointing from one day to the next is not the way you do it. Because markets fluctuate. People don't make decisions in the stock market necessarily unless they're speculators, right? They don't make decisions necessarily on a day-to-day -day basis. You analyze the market, the health of the market over a longer timeline than that. So people look at the market and it drops like 2,000 points in one day and they say, oh, it's all coming to an end. And then the next day it rises again by about 1,200 points and everyone's like, oh, see, it's coming back. We told you everything's coming back the way it's supposed to be. It's ridiculous. <laughs> buy the dip. Bill, buy the dip ritual. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Medica. By the dips. <laughs> country of 320 million, but there is reason tonight to believe this could be the beginning of something bigger. In Italy, another 250 people died just today. It was the to, uh, yesterday 450 people died in one day. Worst day yet. In Spain, dozens are dying every day. Countries are starting to take dramatic measures in response to this. Many are remembering the value of having borders after having forgotten for quite a while. <laughs> Den he's, the, he's still snarky. Mark, Poland and the Czech Republic have all closed themselves off from outsiders, and they're not likely to be the last countries to do that. In Iran, which could be the country hit hardest of all globally, the military has been called out to clear the streets. The military has been called up to clear the streets. So there you go. Uh, he has been consistent, ladies and gentlemen, and he's not doing the I told you so thing, even though I would if I was in his position. Uh, he's playing it pretty cool. He's like, yeah, we knew it was going to get crazy. We knew they'd start shutting stuff down. We knew that the numbers would go up. But hey, what are you going to do? At the same time, Sean Hannity on his program, what the hell are you talking about? The demon rats are making this up. It's just a flu. And now he's completely changed tack to mirror what the president's saying. Judge Janine, same story. There's nothing to see here. It's just the flu. Now she's changed tack. Oh, now it's a, now it's a highly contagious virus that needs the full action of the government to, to combat it. She's completely changed her story. Meanwhile, the guy who stays consistent is the one that get mother motherfucks into oblivion because he's not filleting the president more vigorously enough for some reason, but whatever. <laughs> That's the way it rolls. So this is our last segment for today, ladies and gentlemen, our last segment for the week here on the Daily Boogie program, the world-famous listener poll that we invented, obviously. Now, this is a multiple choice, so I'm going to give you some choices here, okay? <clears throat> Now, 
There are a couple. And if we don't get, there's a couple here that I really wanted to get to, but we're going to have to get to them next week. Um, just a little teaser. Just a little teaser for you. Pay attention to this. A couple of people have sent me this. Uh, ben K. Veritas, hat tip to you. You were the first. The earn it bill is the government's plan to scan every message online. Remember, now all everybody now the whole news cycle is just about Corona Chan constantly all the time, right? That's all anybody's getting fed at this point. Now, while that's taking place, that doesn't mean that other things stop happening. It may seem like other things stop happening, but that's not the case. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago we played the clip on this show of the Canadian government minister? who said, we want into your encrypted messages. Do you remember that? Telegram, WhatsApp. We want to get in to your word of the day for late. Exactly. <laughs> we want to get in to your personal encrypted data because the excuse that they're using, and they don't even give you good excuses anymore. They just tell you whatever they, you need to hear. Uh, the excuse that they were giving is because people share fake news. It's having an effect on our elections. So we need to get into your personal encrypted messages. We're going to have a team from the government audit your messages and we're going to decide if you should pass that message on to somebody else. And we were talking about how horrifying that was and how the corporate media, of course, was doing their utmost to make out like it's something that you absolutely must have because of our old favourite chestnut on this program, ladies and gentlemen, the protection meme. And I said to you that, don't worry, this won't stop at Canada. Because what happens is these little bureaucrats, they get together and they co they cook up these schemes and they go to little conferences where people give talks, little junkets in other countries. They send their bureaucrats around the world and they talk to other bureaucrats and the other bureaucrats from other countries say, you know what, that's a, that's a hell of a an idea. We should push for that in our country. And then those little bureaucrats go back to their own country and then they start putting plans in place to make it happen. They start writing government reports. They start writing reports for politicians who are either too dense or too stupid or too ignorant to know what they're being handed and know the issues around it. 90% of Congress wouldn't have the first fucking idea what the whole um, argument about data privacy is about. If somebody gives them a premise that sounds good, that they think will win them votes, they will vote for it and they won't even read the report. They'll sign it off. What's, so what, what here is this report about? You know, I'm a very busy man. I've got lots of things to do. I've got lots of things to attend to. I've got another committee hearing in at least a quarter of an hour. Can you give me the rundown of this? Well, you see here, Mr. Senator, uh, this report here is about protecting children online. Well, you know what? That just sounds like something we gosh darn need. Why aren't we protecting children already? Well, you know, Senator, it's a darndest thing. We need to have certain access to certain programs. You see, there's these things that exist on the internet called apps. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down there, Sonny Jim. Slow down there, egghead. I didn't, I didn't ask for an, a history of the internet. I didn't ask for a history of the Google machine. Just, You just put my name down. I'm going to protect those little children. I care about them children. Bless you, Jesus. Next thing you know, it's out. It's out there. It becomes law. So keep an eye out for that. We will probably get to this next week. We'll dive into it and see what the hell is going on there. So we'll come back to that. Your, your multiple choice. I have a personal favorite, but I'm going to let you choose. The first choice here is facial recognition. Artists trying to fool cameras. 
So we have a group of artists called the Dazzle Club who paint their faces for monthly walks to protest against the surveillance system in London. That's option number one. Option number two, <clears throat> remember this story from Monday? Sex doll shortage for UK and US customers as coronavirus shuts factories and halts production. Remember this story? Well, little did I know that the story also came with a little video down the bottom here. And the, the video is entitled Double Divorcee Dad Living with 12 Sex Dolls Has Never Been Happier After Ditching Real Women Three Years Ago. That's option number two. <laughs> That's option number two. And option number three, ladies and gentlemen, is Ugly Neighbourhood Dispute Caught on Camera. A story from Australia where it is uh, slovenly, slobby uh, neighbours fighting each other on the street with the cameras rolling. So... Those options again. Option number one for the artists who are painting their faces to fool <laughs> patients. I, pa I think patients right wants number two. <laughs> option number one is the artists painting their faces in London to fool facial recognition cameras. That's option number one. Option number two is the the dad who's living with 12 sex dolls who gave up women three years ago. And option number three is the angry neighbours fighting on the street caught on camera. So I'll let you two, I'll give you a minute to decide. Think about what you want. I'll, I'll take votes from now and we'll see where we end up. So far, I think the ones have it. <clears throat> I think it's mainly the ones. You can only vote, vote once, Kim. Three, one. Oh, I think I think it's I think the oh, there's some twos coming in. There is some twos coming in. Three or two. Two. Three. Three. <laughs> what was the vote again? Too bad. You missed out. All right. Three. Gizmo. One. You get one vote. <laughs> okay. I think I think the ones have just nudged it, ladies and gentlemen. So don't worry. We'll get to our double divorcee dad who's living with 12 sex dolls next week. And we'll also get to the angry neighbours fighting over God knows what. Um, I haven't watched this yet. So we'll do the... The group of artists who are painting their faces in London to fool facial recognition cameras. <clears throat> now, to be fair, like, don't get me wrong here. Um, I'm not anti-art. I've Like, I've got somewhat of a history when it comes to art. You know, I was a performing musician for almost a decade. So it's not like I've been completely detached from the art world, right? So, I, you know, I, I tend to get on, even though my own personal politics aside and my own views on things aside, I tend to get on really well with artists. Whereas a lot of people, like, cringe and, ah, oh, what the fuck are you doing? I feel very comfortable in that environment. It doesn't bother me. I might bother them being in that environment, but they don't bother me. <laughs> so, I am interested to see this because from the outset, I actually, I already like them. You know what I mean? 
they are they are probably um, middle-aged liberal barren women who have probably a whole lot of really shitty ideas about politics and stuff. But if they're anti-facial recognition cameras and they're like degenerate artists who are living off welfare or whatever, I don't care. If they're anti-facial recognition, you know, surveillance, then I'm already I already like them. And if they're doing this to, you know, painting their faces, walking around London for some kind of protest, at least they're not taking their shirts off. You know what I mean? So I'm already in favour of them. So let's see what they're doing. Once you start to notice the cameras, they are everywhere. everywhere. That weird feeling of someone following you. Oh, yeah. They make up the makeup trying to fool facial recognition. Our faces are the data group being collected by taking some control back. The Dazzle Club. It's a big club. All four of them in there. I mean, does it work, though? Remember the story we had a couple of weeks ago where they've now come up with a camera in China. The facial recognition camera can identify you even if you're wearing a mask. <laughs> like, we're totally fucked. We've got no chance. But if a bit of face paint does the trick, then why not? The artists go for monthly walks while looking like this, just once a month. So the rest of the month, everybody can find you. So now, now that we... <laughs> okay, now I'm starting to have some reservations. Now I'm starting to have some kind... Now I'm starting to reassess my support of this. Because just say you were following somebody using the surveillance system. And for all but one day a month, they walked around with their normal faces so you could track their every movement, you know where they are, where they sleep, where they work. It wouldn't be too difficult from that point to deduce that once a month, this person that you follow for 29 days, uh, on the 30th day, that person like, leaves their domicile coming out with a bit of face paint on. Like, do you think that the people who are watching the surveillance tapes are going, oh my God, it's a completely, it's that different person again. It's that person that lives in that house that only comes out once a month and takes a stroll. <laughs> we need to know more. Oh my God, we don't even have them on record. How the hell do we find this person? <laughs> there is a person living. So Sally here lives in this house. Sally goes about her day, 29 days out of the month. She goes to work, she goes to the shops, she goes to the bar, she goes to restaurants, she walks around London. So we know who Sally is. But then it's the fucking strangest thing. Sally stays home one night out of the month and this completely different person who kind of looks like Sally comes out wearing face makeup. We can't figure it out. <laughs> what do you know? We can't figure out who this person is. They've fooled the system. We've got no chance. We cannot thwart this genius. The last walk we did, and a gentleman came up to us and asked me if we were part of a tribe, <laughs> which I thought was quite funny because I suppose there is that reference to kind of war paint or tribal mm. paint. War paint. Tribal war paint. London, West End London artist style war paint. <laughs> Nobody's dying except for the people getting acid thrown in their face. 
and short blades shoved into their kidneys when they walk home late at night in London. But that's mainly in the East End, to be fair. That's that's not in the rich white parts. (laughs) Police live facial recognition in use. Uh, UK Neil was in the chat the other day asking for this video that I did a while ago. I'll put it in the chat now just so I'm not forgetting. Um, Because otherwise I'll forget again. I'll I'll have to find it because um, my videos are not viewed enough on YouTube for them to come up with a simple search. All right, I'll put it in a chat for you so you can grab it. Wow, that's old. May last year, we still had the old backdrop with the Matrix and everything. Look at that. That was a while ago. All right, there it is. I put it in the chat for you. So that's the video we did about um, the the vans in London taking people's pictures while they're walking around the street. So May last year. So we've been we've been flogging the shit out of this dead horse for quite some time. We're starting to get tennis elbow because we've been whipping this filly the skeleton of this filly on the race course for the last 18 months. It says it will make people safer by spotting wanted suspects. It's all about keeping you safe. Ladies and gentlemen. Just a little refresher course how the protection meme works. It works thusly. How do you get a population to accept something that they would otherwise find abhorrent and never agree with? You present it to them as something that will keep them safe, as something that will protect them. And that usually comes in the way of laws, but everybody knows if you apply a little logic to that premise, it falls apart in your hands because laws don't protect you from things. If laws protected you from things, there would be no murderers. There would be no wanted suspects. There would be no armed robbery. There would be no jaywalking. There would be no check fraud. There would be no banking fraud. Laws don't protect you from things. Laws turn actions into criminal actions. And now, if you watch that video that I put the link in the chat for that we did in May last year, uh, if you refuse to have your picture taken by the police on the street in London, just walking around the street and minding your own business, you can now be fined for disturbing the peace. See, just like that, they've managed to turn not getting your picture taken by the police into a crime. <clears throat> they've turned an action, that being walking down the street and not having your picture taken, have, they've now turned that into a criminal action. That's what laws do. Now, How does that protect you from things? How is that protecting you from something? Anyone? Can you, can you, anybody explain to me how finding people for disturbing the peace if they don't want their picture taken by unmarked black vans on the street in London, how is that protecting you from stuff? It doesn't. It's turning actions into criminal actions. The protesters claim the makeup technique confuses the technology. Yeah, but only if you do it all the time. <laughs> only if you do it every single day from birth. <laughs> it's not confusing. It's not going to be confusing anybody if you walk around with your normal face 30 days out of the month and then come out with your with your clown makeup on one day out of the month out of the same fucking house. <laughs> they, they, they're going to figure it out pretty quick. You're not confusing anyone, darling. 
Met police officers wouldn't comment on whether it works. Well, why would they? <laughs> recognition cameras pick up the main features of your face yep. so the idea is to use geometric shapes different, different colors bright and dark light. to abstract the main features most people just kind of get on with it and they think that it's a necessary kind of part of being a yes they do she's 100 percent right whether she's some crazy whacked out london artist or not she's 100 percent right uh, most people think that it's a necessary part of being a member of society they do now and that is the sad and confronting reality. That's why this black shirt wearing libertarian on this program has taken the black pill and many black pills. Because eventually you come to the realization that even though all of this stuff is all designed to piss away on your individual freedom and tear away the very definition of liberty itself and replace it with some kind of pseudo police state dystopian nightmare, even though that is plainly obvious to anybody who applies even just a modicum of rational thought to each individual situation, the reality is most people either don't know or don't care or support it. And you might think most people support you and most people agree with you. And if you only point out the reality, then eventually they will see it for themselves. But that's not true. That's not true. The reality is people may say that they believe in freedom, but if a politician they like comes up with a, a worthy enough protection meme to take that freedom away, then they will just go along with what the politician says. Because that's far easier than being the consistent guy who gets motherfucked into oblivion by all people on all sides when they try to point out how people are having their freedoms robbed of them because the politician they like is the one doing it. Sorry. It's just the reality that you're going to confront. So... <clears throat> most people don't care, don't know, or they agree with it. And this was self-evident when we when we covered the topic of, uh, you know, the spy planes in Baltimore. Spy planes, the literal, literally the same company and the same planes flying spy planes around in Iraq during the Gulf War are now circling over the heads of people from Baltimore 24 hours a day. And they put out a poll, do you want this? Do you want the literal Iraq war spy plane spying on you 24 hours a day? 70% of people said yes. Yes. So. And you might think, well, 30% of people said it's a bad idea. Therefore, there's 30% of us. We can build on that. Nah, not necessarily. You have to consider that in that 30%, perhaps maybe even half of them don't even know what the fuck you're talking about and don't care enough to say yes or no. So you might be in like 15% of the population who actually understands the issue with it and doesn't want it. So you're completely outnumbered. And that's why I say, you know, when people say, oh, there's going to be a revolution, there's going to be a rebellion, people are going to stand up against this. I, I tend to fall on the side of, no, they won't. I think civilization ends with a whimper. It ends with a whimper. With most people opting for safety and security and protection instead of freedom and individual liberty. Now, it might not have been the case a couple of hundred years ago, but the world is a very different place filled with very different people. And now most people don't care. We've been given enough toys and enough supplements and enough sustenance and enough protection now to the point where people will just be happy to go along with anything. And like I said, think if you think it's bad at the supermarkets now, wait until the EBT cards don't work. See how much people care about freedom then.
Thank you for the diamond, UK Neil. And these are these are what they call juggalos. Are these what they call juggalos? I'm not sure. <laughs> Unlock your phone or your computer. Go on Instagram and on Snapchat when you use face filter. Yep. An increased kind of society which is so surveyed and so controlled by police forces. Yep. It just seems to slip into everyday life as the new the new norm. Yes, it certainly does. London is one of the most surveilled cities in the world, ladies and gentlemen. London, uh, the birthplace of individual liberty as we know it in our strain of thought here in the Anglosphere in the Western world, dating all the way back to the signing of the Magna Carta, which was preceded by the invention of the Welsh longbow, believe it or not. People don't really, you know, people don't think much of me when I give them this argument, but it appears to me to be true that the Welsh longbow is probably the greatest invention in the Western world of all time. Because that was, for the first time, uh, before that, you have to understand, people used to ride around in towns. The, the lords and the knights would ride around and basically strong-arm the peasants into doing whatever they wanted. And you couldn't compete with the knights and you couldn't compete with the soldiers because they had the armour, they had the long swords, uh, they had the jousting sticks, whatever they fucking call them. They had the pikes and you had, you know, your hands and a rock maybe. There wasn't much you could do about it. If the guards wanted to come in and wipe the town out, they would be able to wipe the town out without losing a single person. So what the Welsh longbow did, it was an invention that could be made by anybody as long as they had access to trees and um, you know elastic materials, right? And then they were able then, the peasants were able to hide up in the trees and they were able to shoot these guards from long distances and the guards couldn't even see where they were coming. That one invention fundamentally shifted the power balance from the rulers to the ruled. Because then, after the invention of the Welsh longbow, the the lords and the kings and the landowners couldn't just go in and wipe out a whole town. From that moment on, the peasants could decide for themselves what they were going to agree with and what they were going to accept. Because if they didn't accept it, they would just start popping you like medieval snipers. So you then had to start asking the peasants. You then had to start getting consensus. You then had to start uh, working with the people you ruled instead of just telling them what to do. And from that moment on, because that's, that's changed, you know, that set off a whole new course in history, that eventually led to the signing of the Magna Carta, where the king, uh, you know, was forced to declare that the people, the landowners and the rulers um, essentially had to be kept to the same standards that the peasants were kept to. So there you go. <laughs> Brett. Brett Harris in the chat, Robin Hood didn't exist. I know, that's not a Robin Hood story. That's... <laughs> I don't know. don't know why you bring that up. I'm sure Friar Tuck existed though. Don't you dare take Friar Tuck from me. <clears throat> Their use has been criticised by civil liberty campaigners. Isn't that interesting? Like, when I was a bit younger, when I was a bit more angry, like, I used to think that the civil liberties people were, you know, a bit off the hook. I used to think that the civil liberties people didn't really get it. And the older I get, the more I realise what an idiot I was when I was younger. And the civil liberties people were actually, you know, pointing to that they were actually screaming fire in a crowded theatre while everybody's assholes were turning to ash. And nobody did anything. Everybody said, kick that guy out. He's ruining the movie for us. 
the older I get and the more I see the civil liberty, what the civil liberties people were complaining about, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, the more I see how wrong I was to ever sit back and think, these guys are fucking crazy. That'll never happen. Like we say it on this show as a, as a meme now, you know, that'll never happen. I, the reason I use that line so often is because I used to say it myself. That'll never happen here. That'll never happen here. I used to be one of those guys and now I laugh at those guys. Kind of that weird feeling of someone following you, like yep. hairs on the back of your neck stand up. So they're aware. Find that really uncomfortable that that is what London has become. Mm. It would be great to see people just trying stuff out like this, and maybe we would wear something similar to this every day. <laughs> and the metro and a quote from the Metropolitan Police right at the end: "Facial recognition technology is intelligence-led and deployed to specific." locations in London. Don't you love the management speak? A translation for that would be, uh, we are basically running a city-wide prison and you are the prisoners. We are watching you before you do stuff wrong. Because it's much easier than trying to figure shit out after stuff happens. There you have it. Uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, brings us to the end of tonight's program. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you to everybody who joined us in the chat and thank you for sharing the show out. The podcast will be up shortly and the replay, the full replay will be on BitChute in a few hours time. Thank you to everyone for your contributions tonight in DLive, dlive.tv slash boogie bumper. Let me open that chest up for you. Um, I'll be back. <clears throat> if you're not aware, Friday nights on the block, ladies and gentlemen, um, a show which I do absolutely no preparation for. Cheese, man. Thank you, Winning TV with a sub. A show I do absolutely no preparation for. I basically just sit in while my friend of uh, 30 years rants and raves about shopping trolleys and bags and whatnot. Uh, that's Friday night on the block Australian time, which is about 4.30 a.m. East Coast time. So nobody watch it and you probably shouldn't watch it because you, you won't like it anyway. That's called The Starting Block. You can follow that. Uh, dlive.tv slash the starting block um, also don't forget to follow our friends ladies and gentlemen at real person PLTCS James graced us with his presence the busy man that he is running tavshow.com and <laughs> Home Depot keeping Home Depot afloat during this time of recession James uh, Chris MC 44 winning TV ladies and gentlemen UK Neil uh, why Censored, who'll be on tomorrow night, I suspect, Thursday night. Don't forget about our other friends, Irrational Times, who I saw in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I have commissioned Rational Times. He has he is working vigorously on um, our theme song for the show, and I can't wait for that to be unveiled, but uh, I, I want him to take his time. There's no rushing. There's no direction. I trust Irrational Times to do whatever he needs to do to do the best possible job that he needs to get done. So follow Irrational Times, ladies and gentlemen, dlive.tv slash Irrational Times. JJ Stoner, who was on earlier, ladies and gentlemen, big fan of JJ's. Don't forget Joy of Pessy on a Saturday night at midnight, ladies and gentlemen, laughing at crappy movies, Joy Pessy and the Joy Boys, dlive.tv slash Joy of Pessy. Uh, and anyone else I might have forgotten, I think I mentioned winning TV. Uh, apologies to anyone else. Uh, Bocca Bradley in the chat. Bocca Bradley streams games from time to time, dlive.tv slash Bocca Bradley. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, ladies and gentlemen, then please, you can do so by heading to patreon.com slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, 
if you would like to tell me about somebody that I missed when I do the plugs at the end, then I will apologize profusely. But you can do that by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I may squeeze in a game stream at some point over the weekend because I'm dying to try out the new Call of Duty Warzone. No, none of you will tune in for that, so that's fine. <laughs> but I am trying desperately hard to find an hour or two where I can do that. And Doc Martin, who also joins Phil D'Angelo on Winning TV, of course, the lovely, the gracious, the evergreen Doc Martin. Uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I will be back with another episode of The Daily Boogie on Monday. Until then, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Iceman, double four, double three. Sorry, Russ. Don't forget about Rusty.